Welcome back to 12 Ounces of Sobriety Podcast. My name is Pat Sharp here, as always, with Carson Woodell. Carson, how are you today? It's, uh, it's, it's Leonidas. What? I've chosen to go by Leonidas uh, from here on out. So if you could call me that. No. I hit 300 days. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Does that have something to do with Leonidas? Yeah, have you seen the movie 300? Yeah, I don't know, like 15 years ago. That's Leonidas. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, so anyways, now that I've accomplished that feat, I'm, I'm going to go by that from now on. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I'm at, who knows, I don't know, 600 days probably. No, I don't know, five, uh, so, 70, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of days. I'm over, I'll hit 19 months here, I don't know, on the 10th of October, okay. so soon. Yeah, yeah, you're in the sixes somewhere. I've, I've just quit. Not I, that I quit I, counting, I don't really but... See, I don't see a reason to count your days uh, if you're past a year. Yes. So, yeah, so I'll be at 19 months soon. I know that. Do you wish that you had declared a new name of Leonidas whenever you hit 300 days? No, I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, but, but that's just me. That's It is just you, because everyone else loves it. People are saying, people are talking. I mean, you're taking a reference from a movie that was 15 years old, at least 15 years ago. Yeah, it's ancient Greece, it's freaking fighting the Persians, Spartan. It's It's amazing. It's timeless. It was mediocre. That pisses me off. You did not really think that. Did you really think that movie is mediocre? I mean, that yeah, I've seen it once. God. I don't know. I have oh. no reason to ever see it you again. Can't, you can't rate it. Oh my god, I've seen it like thirty times. Okay, you know what? We're not going to get into this. I, I, I don't understand you sometimes. Um, but you know what? Forget it. Three hundred's a great movie. Everyone else agrees, and they agree to call me Leonidas. What do you have in the? Alcohol in the news. Two quick things in alcohol in the news. The first one I came up, saw the title. I was like, ooh, this could be good. When did rock concerts become tame? Thank alcohol's thank alcohol free Gen Z. I was like, hmm, let me read about that. Click on it, Wall Street Journal. And you gotta pay to read it. So I was like, well, find something else. That reminds me of the scene in the office whenever Michael, they have the news that comes out about a potential merger, and then Michael Scott goes, ah, oh, it cost a remora. I wonder what it was going to say. <laughs> um, and then the, well, it's funny you said here. I'll wait. I'll let you finish, and I'll, I'll, I'll jump onto that. And then the other story, and I can't find it now, was West Virginia has the highest rate of addiction issues in the United States, but why is homelessness higher? in Los Angeles. And so I, I thought it was an interesting article. So I clicked that and it, it was also a, a you got to pay to read it. And so I just oh, gave up Pat, then at that point. Why are you going to give us two cliffhangers? I mean, I can That's speculate. Not good That's not good journalism. All right. I was going to speculate Jesus. about the West Virginia one. I mean, it is speculate away a whole lot cheaper to live in West Virginia than in LA, yeah. which is probably why there's a lot less homeless people and the weather's not as nice. And you're talking about, you're talking about per capita, like a percentage, not correct. actual. I, correct. I figured, I figured. I didn't think, so you, were, I did I didn't think read, you were a dumb dumb. I, I thought it would be an interesting article. However, I'm not signing up for. The Wall Street Journal or not, the other, whatever the other one was. It's not a good look. I actually have the Wall Street Journal, but um, we can, 
I, move I, along. We'll move along. So a couple things on my end. Uh, number one, so I was attempting to find, this is kind of dumb, but I was going to look for a stupid alcohol ad because we had like the best buds thing. And I was totally going to say, this is our sponsor and read the ad, but I couldn't find one. But I did end up on Reddit. And this really is just, um, it was just interesting Keep going to, to read. So the first thing that came up when I typed it, and I think I typed in dumb alcohol commercials or something like that. And it says, Reddit's stupid fucking alcohol advertisements. And this guy goes, I get ads for booze every day on Reddit. Don't know why someone who is subbed and active in multiple recovery subs fits into the algorithm for alcohol marketing but I'm really fucking tired of it. I report it and block it each time, but there's se- seemingly always more. Shit is wildly annoying and not at all ethical. Anyways, that's the end of my rant. Thanks, but no thanks, Reddit. Um, the, all the comments after that were about the just influx of advertisements everywhere, and then I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, and there have been a lot of people complaining about uh, right outside of schools, bus stops, um, just alcohol ads everywhere, ev- anywhere and everywhere, well, and, and saying that the, the children have no line of defense between that. Like the article I wanted to read from the Wall Street Journal about Gen Z not drinking as Correct. much. So I think what you're seeing is the alcohol people are saying, oh, young people are ditching booze. And so they're going to be their target audience because they can't, you know, let their sales drop. Of course not. So I, I, I'll be curious kind of see how that develops. The main story that popped up, though, when I... Uh, Googled alcoholism. There was like 10 different stories about Rudy Giuliani coming out saying that he's not an alcoholic, which I don't really care. And I guess somebody must have said that he was. I don't know why. Uh, Yeah. I I have no idea. I didn't really care to read the story. And because I'm not getting into anything political at all on this. So I didn't read that one because. Whatever. Yeah. The last, last thing I have is, so I watched a, it was about a 10 minute video and it popped up on my timeline. So there is a, he's an awesome, um, YouTube interviewer. I mean, I'm pro- I'm sure he probably does more than YouTube, but, um, I see him on YouTube a lot. His name's Chris Williamson and he interviewed Mark Manson, who is an author. He's actually one of my favorite authors and he is, one of his books was what got me into reading, like legitimately got me in it and kind of showed me that I do enjoy to read um, back, I don't know, eight years ago or something like that. But Mark Manson decided to quit drinking. And so they were just kind of walking through and his reasonings behind it and whatnot and blah, blah. And he and Chris both had similar relationships to alcohol that neither one of them claimed that they had a problem, but that they did get after it on the weekends. Chris was uh, heavy and he like, I think he owned a club or something. So he was surrounded by that. Mark is an author and, and he had two New York Times bestsellers back to back. So he's flying around, going to events, doing this, doing that, blah, blah, blah. And he said um, he quit drinking for like three months for health reasons. He went into the doctor. I think I think he is about 36, 37, something like that. He's not old. And he said the doctor was like, yo, your blood work looks like you're 30 years older than you actually are. And he's like, hmm, OK, that's not good. So I'm going to cut this out, see how it is. He said he loved it. Uh, mental clarity, less anxiety, uh, started losing weight that was much, you know, he needed to lose it, blah, blah, blah. So he says, all right, so then I went back to drinking and I go to this conference. I I pay a lot of money to go there. I think it was like 10 grand or something like that. Thousands and thousands of dollars to go to some kind of conference uh, that he chose to go to. It wasn't required. He wanted to get, you know, valuable information and meet some good people. He goes out the night before, gets completely shit-faced, misses 
the entire next day. And he's like laying in bed going, what am I doing? I paid good money, good hard earned money to be here. And I can't even muster the strength to go to something that I was really looking forward to because I got too drunk. This is so stupid. So it goes another six months and, um, and he goes, all right, so New Year's rolled around. This was this past New Year's. He said, I was drinking that night and I stopped because I finally realized that it was doing nothing for me. So then I, uh, as the new year was coming in, I said, all right, 2023, not doing it. And I don't know if I'm ever going to drink again. And, uh, and so I lo- loved hearing that it was, uh, it was, it was great to just hear another perspective from both of those guys. Chris was similar. He said he did a, he did a challenge thousand days sober and he finished a challenge. It was like, um, yeah, no, this is my thing. I'm never going back. I would imagine you make it a thousand days. You're just like, well, well, I mean, you make it three, three years and you're like, okay, well, clearly I didn't really need it. And there's no reason to go back. Cause look at myself, look at how I feel, look at all these things. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say, which kind of relates to what you said about the article that you didn't read is the Gen Zers. So Mark Manson was going, yeah. And you know, this is, this is kind of becoming a trend, which we already kind of knew. I mean, we do talk about the the bad side of our culture. And it's the guys that make money. The consumers, although they're very, very much of us, it's still a very huge problem with the, with the newbies, with the youngins, old Gen Zers, um, they have a different look on it. And he was talking about that going, this is, this is, I, you know, I think this is becoming a thing and which, which got me excited, but there's just a, there's still a very, very long way to go. And a lot of us are already kind of too far and we, we got to do something about yeah, it. Yeah, because they say the age range of 30 to 49 has been increasing in alcoholism mm-hmm. or alcohol abuse disorder. Yeah, yeah in ju- both just male the Gen Z's, especially I want to make fe- that clear. Females, that is rising uncontrollably. Yes. Yeah. But the Gen Zers, the youngers, they're the only ones that are just not drinking. They're getting it right. And that's pretty impressive. Um, I haven't studied much into it which i kind of want to look into and you should and pay find for the out. end of the article well i i'm sure i can find an article about it for free but i, I do want to research it and then we can discuss it more i leonidas will find it okay whatever uh so i i was watching a documentary on youtube about these guys that i'd watch one documentary and it was this guy that does like some mysteries and stuff like that and he had a mystery involved some people climbing Mount Everest and I was like, oh, kind of, I don't know why it got me interested in people that hike Mount Everest. So I found a Mount Everest documentary to watch and it was this guy, he filmed himself and his buddy with the Sherpa and everybody and their entire trip. It was like a two hour long document, document, documentary. And at one point, like a, a couple of times they're like, oh, we celebrated with beers you know, while they like reached a base camp or something like that. And my whole ta- thing was thinking like, you're hiking Mount Everest. Why are you celebrating with, I, I wouldn't be celebrating with beers. I would just, you know, be happy that I'm alive and drink water. I don't know. I thought it was, yeah, thought it was right. Random. I mean, you'd think like the, the, the accomplishment itself, the way that you feel um, physically, emotionally, quite frankly, spiritually, I mean, get, you know, seeing the world from, literally a different view you're so far up there you're seeing the beauty of the mountain and what you've accomplished you'd think that that would be enough of a high uh you wouldn't need anything added to that and also honestly back to the physical thing is you know you still got some more climbing to do or either up or down beer's not going to help that so that's interesting um 
you want to probably keep, hey, I've never hiked Mount Everest, but I can imagine you want to keep uh, your body in peak shape. Only put the right things in your body. That would not yeah, include I, alcohol. And um, to make sure you make it that, through. But they made it. I mean, they reached yeah. the top. and They know something we don't, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Anywho. So today, our topic is going to be hitting that wall. Uh, whether you're in early recovery, uh, I know that happens a lot. Or even if you kind of hit a wall and you've been so- in sober for a while. Because that can happen too. Or you get complacent, I should say, once you've been uh, sober long enough, but, but early on where you go from, you know, alcohol is controlling your life and you quit. And after 30, 60, 90 days, you do see some improvement. You see how your life has changed for the better and you're working on yourself. And all of a sudden you get maybe six months in and you're not, those growths aren't coming the way they were before because all of a sudden you're just figuring out how to live life sober and you're still going to have problems in your life. You're still going to have difficulties. And for some reason, I think when we get sober, we think all of our issues are going to be solved. And and that's just not the case. But you have a clearer head and more tools at your disposal to work through all those problems. But a lot of people kind of hit that wall, especially I've noticed around the six month mark of, you know, everything's going great, everything's going great, and you kind of plateau. And for me, that's where you kind of got to really push through and I think, you know, get to that that year mark or close to it. Because I for me, it's probably around eight months where that desire to drink really kind of lifted. And but, you know, I kind of hit that wall, too, when I was six months in. So wanted to discuss a little bit about that today. Yeah, most people do. We've mentioned this a few times about burnout. We, I think our second episode ever, we did the pink cloud. Um, folks in treatment programs or who are within the addiction community know what that means. Pink cloud's just being, this is the initial high that you get. Um, the excitement uh, of making a change in your life. Uh, it's very, very common. Most people have a quote unquote pink cloud and most people go through what we call hitting a wall. They, and, and this isn't anything crazy. You know, the concept of it is very, very um, common across everything, right? It's like you get a new car. You're probably dreaming that night about waking up and driving in your new car. You're not doing that six months down the road. Different, but the same. Uh, same thing with maybe working out or studying for a new test. You know, for me, um, I rip open the the book that first day when I get it, when I'm studying for something else, you know, a designation for my job or something like that. Um, but three weeks in... I'm not that excited about it. I'm like, ah, I got to go study. So just to relate it a little bit to, um, I don't know what to call it, normal everyday type things, is um, it, it starts to get hard. It starts to maybe get a little redundant. You you are off of the high of, I'm making a change in my life. Maybe you've seen a few of these initial uh, improvements, mental clarity, physically We've said it a lot. A lot of things happen for the good, but they do take time. But there are some initial things. And so, yeah, it, it is. That's when you got to you got to crack your knuckles and get down to work. Uh, I've, I've spoken with a few of my friends who are kind of hitting that that little bit of a six, seven, eight month wall. Um, allegedly, the one of the hardest chips to get is nine month because um, you're right there in the middle. You haven't gotten to a year yet. You haven't quite gotten out of this this hole, even though you're you're doing a great job. Um, but it's really hard. It's really hard. So we definitely want to address that again. Well, another thing I think some people run into is if they have 
family members or friends or loved ones, whatever it might be, that are not addicts, they think you get to six months and they're like, oh, you're fine now. You're six months sober. And that's just not the case, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I, I think those around you can be a little naive to the point as we can be too yeah. I and mean, it's the same type of thinking yeah oh yeah. You, you're able to do that so now you can go back and do it normally and you're good but that's just not the case yeah or hey you know i don't know it could be something as simple as you know when your friends inviting you out to a bar thinking you know well you've been sober for six months you can hang out with me while i have drinks and you drink water and you know it I don't know. It's just not that simple. And I think we get in our own heads and think, you know, I'm fine. And I've gotten in my own head the first couple times I got sober thinking, you know, I've been sober for a little bit. I'll be fine. I can have a beer. Mm -hmm. And of course you can't. Yeah. Yeah. I think most people and and myself included, you, you wake up one day or a few consecutive days and you're a few months in, you're doing well, uh, but it's another day at the shop. You got to wake up and fight traffic, go to work. You got to handle all your responsibilities. You got to figure out what you're doing for lunch. You got to get home. Maybe your house is there. All these things, right? And they add up and they add up and they add up and you can't drink. And you're like, oh my goodness, all I want is a fucking beer. I don't know how much longer I want to do this. Uh, I've accomplished some. Um, I've gotten a few months under my belt. And and it's really hard for some people especially to, to kind of work through this and realize that number one, you're, you need to be committing to the long game. And some people will admit that up front. Some people won't, but it's something you have to accept yourself. And number two, you have to figure out what is going to be a driving factor to help get you out of this rut that you're in. Um, obviously you want to stay the course and and for the right reasons. But w- what I want to talk about a little bit is what are some things that you can maybe latch on to? What are some things that you can reignite that flame to help push you through this murky water that you're in or this muddy tire, whatever you want to call this, whatever metaphor you want to use where you're stuck. Yeah. For those of you out there that might be stuck in this situation, there is plenty you can do to, to, to kind of get through those tough times. One, you know, go back to your, your coping skills that you, you have learned, whether in treatment or through meetings or even just listening to our podcast, you know, whether your coping skills are working out, exercising, finding beauty in the world, being creative, whether it's art, a puzzle, doing something productive that improves your livelihood. Like I said, working out or anything, meditation is big. A lot of people do that. A prayer, there's power in prayer as well. And so once you find those things and, and maybe reevaluate how you're going about your sobriety, are you taking time out of your day to meditate or pray or to exercise, find beauty in the world? To find be grateful. We talked about that last yep. week. To find your creative spirit, to, so to say, and look at those things. You know, maybe maybe say, you know, I've been struggling a little bit. Maybe I need some, you know, me time and do something nice for yourself, whether it's go play a round of golf or go get a massage or a Manny Patty, whatever, you know, you enjoy doing, maybe try one of those things out and say, hey, you know, I've made it six months. I'm struggling a little bit. Let's do something nice for myself because I have put in the hard work and look for some things. And like I said, reevaluate those things and 
and kind of look at your schedule and your routine because sometimes when that becomes so mundane, you can switch things up a little bit to find some new focus. Yeah, I've, I've said this so many times. Productivity is a huge replacement uh, or can be a huge replacement that is very beneficial. Um, but even if it's not something that, hey, I'm going to work harder at work or I'm going to hit the gym or whatever, find something you're passionate about. Find something that you didn't, you, maybe you've all, you know, photography, um, puzzles. I, I don't know. Basket weaving, go play pickleball. Pickleball, great. It's awesome. Go you, to meetings, find new meetings. I was going to get there. Okay. But yes. Keep going. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. My point is, is you had so much time that you're spending drinking. Well, don't replace that shit with something else, right? But don't replace it with sitting on the couch, white knuckling it saying, all right, I got to get through today and then I get through tomorrow. No, do it something that's going to fulfill you. Yeah, volunteer. Go find a, a homeless one. shelter. If you, you go volunteer and talk to some people that act, that really have a hard one, they might have a lot of knowledge for you. Two, it is it makes you feel good. And three, put some damn perspective into your brain. Well, in the 12 step program talks a lot about doing service work uh, within the 12 step program. But that service work can go outside of it, too. Mm -hmm. And I do a lot of service work not involved in my 12 step work. I do it, you know, through my church and in different activities like that. And it is a good feeling when you can help out those that are less fortunate than you. Or it, some of them, sometimes, you know, people that are, are as fortunate as you that still need a helping hand here and there. You know, that can be some very productive ways to fill some time and to grow spiritually as a person. It's there. It's hard to replicate the feeling of, of helping someone else. I, I need to do it more. I can I can think about. A few months ago, um, I volunteered with a friend of mine and we were speaking with a woman that, and I might've mentioned this on a podcast previously, but I'll say it again. Um, we, she was the beneficiary of our services. That's, I'll just keep it at that. I'm not going to say the company or anything, but, um, we were helping her out around the house and she was number one, so grateful. Number two, she shared her story with us and it wrecked us in a good way. Now, not a good way. I'm glad she went through it. A good way of, oh my God, what a strong woman. What a perspective giving experience for us. And how great is it that we are able to be a small little light in her life? Turns out she helped us a hell of a lot more than we helped her. But we were able to do that. And it was something that just completely made our day, made our week and, and really helped to, again, shape and mold us into better people and have a better outlook on life. That is a great way to spend your time instead of drinking or using whichever one is yours. Yeah, and, and this isn't just for somebody that's newer, that's struggling. I mean, this could be for anybody that's, you know, even 5, 10, 15, 20 years in that might be have hit a wall too and where they've, they've kind of gotten a little bit more laxed on what they do for their sobriety on a daily basis and just kind of need to refocus that energy and do it. And if you are newer on, you know, and like I said, going to meetings, Talk to people that have been sober for two, three, four, five, ten years. Talk to your sponsor. Talk to, you know, don't hold on to that feeling of hitting that wall and just. This is where your community comes in. You know, the last 
you know, your last ditch effort should be white knuckling it. Try everything you can before you just got to white knuckle it. And there are so many options. Yes. Learn to play the piano, play a video game, right? Like go get a fun video game that you can just latch on to. It may not be the most productive thing, but guess what? You're not drinking and you're enjoying it. There, There's so many different activities, hobbies, things that you can do to substitute that time, time that you would have been drinking or time that you are spending possibly white knuckling it, staring at a wall, trying to think about not drinking or not using. Um, and that is, I think, what gets people the most uh, with this is they're just so sick of the monotony. They're, they they want to drink um, to, to whatever extent that their triggers are, and they just don't know what to do, where to go. And it's that's when you have to immerse yourself in this community and you have to add things to your list. Don't overdo it. Don't burn yourself out because you're already getting burnt out with this. But um, there's just, it's an endless list of things that you can get, you know, like you said it perfectly earlier, uh, you said would tap into your creative, uh, your creativity or, mm-hmm. or expand your creative mind or whatever that was. It, it was perfect. Tap um, into your creative side or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Hey, guess what guys, this is me and Pat tapping into our creative side. We weren't doing a podcast before we got sober and he Correct. and I, our sales business numbers, that's, we're not creative people. This is this is what we do though, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Get a podcast, just don't compete with this. Like, just come like you oh, know, like you compete with no, us. I can, don't care. You can compete with us. I don't care. Yeah, you're you're helping out others. So get another podcast. Uh, do thirteen ounces of sobriety, and we'll be uh, podcast brothers and sisters. Drawing, joking, painting, you get my point. Sculpting, um, any of those things. Singing, dancing, dancing's huge. You know, I I know a lot of people that dance. Yeah. And, and wa- walking is, do not underestimate the power of walking. Yes. Not just for your, your you know, physically, but for men, your like mental reasons, it, it, it helps provide clarity. You do your best thinking when you're walking and it's, it's great. And you can be in nature. Yeah. I, I don't think you can, um, underestimate, overestimate, whatever it would be, however you say it, the value of being out in nature. As well, enjoying the outside world. Don't estimate it either. Trees, just what, do is it. it. Over, don't, it you're, don't underestimate be, how the the effects of being out in nature and how good it is for you. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. And you know, you do those things, and I think you'll find some positivity come your way. Hundred percent. And you'll find staying sober easier. That's that's one of those things. I feel like. I mean, maybe there's someone who just hates nature. I don't know, but. At least in my experience, there's not many blanket um, effects that certain things have on people. There's not a unanimous kind of feeling towards something. But I, I feel like just about anybody can benefit from being in nature. It does. It, it's like almost the way we're wired and programmed. Seeing the beauty of outside, seeing how big the world actually is, and it 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 makes it lets us know how small we are in a good way. How meaningless all of these problems are in the grand scheme of things. Um, that's an excellent point. Yeah. How minute our problems can be compared to other problems going around for other people in the world. And, you know, understanding sometimes that I, I have a pretty good in life. Yeah. And it's going to be all right. And even if you don't have it good, if you continue to work on yourself and stay positive and do some of those things that we were talking about and truly embrace the sobriety and use your coping skills, you'll get to a life where you do have it pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, start with something easy if if you if the things that we've mentioned already seems like it's too tall of a task. You know, hey, start, don't stay with this, but start with Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu. Maybe find a good show. 
then maybe turning that into a video game, then turn that into going on walks. I'm throwing stuff out there, but try to graduate, but try to just get through as best you can, but turn this into something that, again, can be a hobby or a passion of yours. Or even, you know, like we said, tap into your creative side. If you're not good with drawing or coloring or singing, you know, you don't have those artistic skills. You know, gardening can be a creative That's a good side. one. Getting out there, one. getting your green thumb in, growing plants. Grow some peppers know. and then pickle those peppers and then put them on some tacos. That is a, that, that I mean, that's a full anything. circle, that's I mean, a full circle thing. And you you're sitting could, there eating a taco that you helped make. Even if you're, you know, not very good at gardening, it does give you, you know, time outside, time in nature, planting, watering, going through all the emotions. Fresh you know, air does you good. It does. So vitamin D. That is something to think about as well is, you know, well, what can I do to tap into my creative side? That's a, a suggestion of, of kind of something else you can yeah. do. Yeah. And, and I want to go back again and we stress this a lot and we will continue to do, but Pat, you said the meetings, um, share this, go to meetings with people that you trust and share your feelings. I promise you, you're not going to have an entire room that doesn't know how you're feeling. You're not going to run into, um, you know, that situation where you just speak and, and no one's going to say anything. No one has anything that like, no, they're going to, that is what we do. That is what the people in this community do. It's what they're there for. So bounce ideas off of people. Let them know how you're genuinely feeling. They're gonna have. They're gonna be able to relate to you. They're gonna have other options, and it's and you're gonna walk out feeling better. Worst case scenario, you you know no one answers and and you you get you get nowhere with anybody. Maybe it's a new group or it's not you know not really a uh, you know group that interacts much. At least you got it off your chest. There's nothing. At least I don't think they can really go wrong from just sharing your feelings and getting that out there. It'll make you feel a lot better and you'll get something out of it. And even if you are at a meeting, you don't want to share out loud to everybody. You can grab somebody after the meeting and say, hey, do you mind? Everybody's going to be willing to. Oh, nobody's going to be like, no. I went to to a meeting for the second time last night and I got like five numbers. Not your second meeting ever, just your second time at this particular. Yeah, 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 yeah. My second time going to this particular meeting and I got introduced to like five people and they all gave me their numbers. And maybe that's not your thing. So just make it one person, but jotted down numbers. They texted me, hey, give me a shout anytime. See you next week. It It wasn't overbearing. It wasn't anything crazy. It was, hey, I got you if you need me. That's awesome. That is truly awesome. Are they going to be the first person I call? No, not at this point. But I know that I have someone when all else fails. And that is what the people are there to do. And so please, again, to go back to the do not underestimate the power of the community, um, of the, 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 the recovering addiction community um, and what they can do for you and how much they truly want to help you. Wonderfully said. I, I want to go back to one thing real quick that I'd mentioned when we were talking about things in the news. And I had looked up, I said, you know. Rudy Giuliani, somebody must have accused him of being an alcoholic, and he said he's not. I just looked up. He's like 80 years old. If you're 80 and you're an alcoholic, I mean, mean, is it just too late at that point? You just, (laughs) yeah. I mean, you're 80. You're not going to change. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong there. The chances of changing are are very small. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it could tack on a few extra years. Maybe it won't. I, I don't know. Um, I was just, I saw that half, like a, 80, half a century know. away from Maybe me. Maybe you just, yeah. Yeah. I you are, lucky you are to make at it that 80. point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a solid life. That's a, it's a, you know, that's a good, 
It's a good little bit there that he's got. So I, yeah, I don't know. I just I thought that was kind of humorous. It, it is. I was like this guy's eighty. I don't know if oh. he's an alcoholic. It's like well, I like when you find things funny. You made it eighty, so I guess yeah. just might as well keep going at this point. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Even though we always say it's never too late, I don't know. True, maybe, maybe it is at some point. You're just like, well, you are who you thought you were. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't <laughs> and know. I have no idea if this guy's an alcoholic or not. I just saw on a, a news article. And uh, anyways, I just found that interesting. Thought I would bring it up. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe yeah, you should we'll just... Just jot it down in your diary later, and you'll feel better. All right. So with that, we're going to wrap things up today. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about us, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter, uh, preferably Twitter. At 12 Ounces of Spritey Podcast, you can X. eat X, and then you can email us at 12 ounces pod at gmail.com, um, which, gosh, I got to get better at checking those. You say, you've said, I think you've said that. So X, for about reach 10, out to us on for X. About 10 episodes straight. X is by far the easiest way to, to reach us, and... Yes, if you want to reach me, Leonidas, that'll be either through our Gmail or on Threads. If you want to reach Pat, that's going to be on X, where he talks about his sports teams. 12 and, ounces of sobriety, I do. I talk a lot about sports on our Twitter page. Yeah, and also sobriety. Yeah, so if you're interested in sports and you want to know my takes, uh, mainly about the Cincinnati Reds, Cincinnati Bengals, and Ohio State Buckeyes, you can find them all right there, too. So with uh, that, though, big Ohio following. So. We're going to wrap it up today. Thank you very much. Oh, give us five stars. Thanks. Thank you.